With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. It is not Sammy Edmund yet, but for those of you who are disappointed, he'll be in the chair very, very shortly. Uh, we are here for state transport. Our people are your solution. Would love for you to get involved in the program. There's lots of things to talk about. It is a Friday. I'm in a good mood. There's plenty to discuss. Although I wasn't in a good mood when I tuned in to watch the Aussies last night. That, that, that was a couple of hours I'll never get back. I mean, when did we become such a meek and mild-mannered bowling attack? Like, Glenn Maxwell's bowling the seventh over of the innings after we've sent the opposition into bat when we've got Hazelwood, Cummins and Stark in the lineup. I mean, that was that was a pedestrian effort from our Aussies who were absolutely smashed. Haven't seen us dominated like that for a long time. We've had a lot of success at World Cups in the past. I think we've won five of them. Uh, well, that was uh, chalk and cheese last night. So to tell us all about that, Trent Copeland is going to have a chat to us. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was, as I said, a couple of hours that I will net not get back. Cummins was bowling. Lee wasn't threatening at all, nor was Hazelwood and Stark didn't even finish his 10 overs. Oh, when has Mitchell Stark never finished his full allotment of overs in a, in a, um, short form game. So, um, Quinton de Kock had his way with the Aussies. So that, that was disappointing. The other disappointing news yesterday was the sad news of Clayton Oliver, I guess. And, and once again, Situations like this are, are really difficult to speak about when it becomes a lot bigger than than football. So, um, yeah, it's uh, clearly he's doing it really tough at the moment, and the issues extend far beyond football. I have spoken to a few people with with intimate knowledge of the situation. They just say Melbourne Footy Club's doing an unbelievable job of of supporting him, and it is the exact right place to be him to be in. And I think. Um, I think footballers and elite athletes are in fortunate positions when they go through challenging times because of how well supported they are and because of the resources that they have around them. And it is not like um, you know your average citizen on the street who also is going through a tough time. They aren't supported as well. So Oliver is in good hands, um, but it is a gigantic challenge for the Melbourne Football Club to be able to handle this situation um, with a star player like that who's, who's going through a whole heap of issues that um, a lot of us don't even um, fully comprehend at the moment. So that was that was a tough one yesterday to to read about that. Um, and also, it was a it was a boring trade day. Let's just call it out where we can manufacture stories and we can talk about and build excitement around the trade period. But yesterday was stone cold boring. I, I got off air yesterday. I went to the gym, punched out fifteen kilo, uh, kilometers on the treadmill, and then did some weights and was sitting by the phone waiting for some trades to drop and nothing happened after the frenzy that we had the day before. So it was, it was disappointing, but it doesn't mean I don't have some thoughts on, on what is going on. Has Geelong become the new Essendon of the trade period? Like are they, what, what, what are they, what are they doing the cats? Very un Geelong like trade period. So I wanted to start there this morning um, and speak about Geelong who have been so great a great club, a club that I've always been envious of, a club that is so well run, 
um, and one that I've written off many, many times before, only to be made look foolish. But what are they up to in this trade period? They're haggling over, what is it, four or five picks for Radical? Just get the deal done. Like, I mean, pick 24 is a fair deal. Just get it done, move on, and try and get some other things happening in this trade period. So uh, they lose, well, they will lose Radigalia. Now, whether they lose him for free and he goes through the preseason or national draft or whether they accept Port Adelaide's pick 24 is up to them. I would think it is the latter. How long it takes, I'm not sure, but they're going to lose Radigalia. He's not going to be playing it long next year. They lose Isaac Smith, who finished 10th in their best and fairest. Tom Hawkins is somewhat disgruntled. I don't know how disgruntled, but somewhat enough to leak a media story that him and the club are, are far away on a contract negotiation for a legend of the football club. So he doesn't appear to be all that happy with the Cats at the moment, Tom Hawkins. Dangerfield's 34 at the start of next year. He's had hamstring and body issues in the last two seasons. You wouldn't think that's going to get better as he ages. Blixarves is the same. He's 33 at the start of next year. Had a significant hamstring strain this year. Zach Tui is 34 in December. Tom Stewart, the gun. The, the, the five-time now, two-time best and fairest winner is 31. Now, he's got a lot of football left in him, but he's not going to get better at the age of 31. Bowes, who they were desperate to get. I'm not sure Jack Bowes gets a game at Collingwood, does he? Does he get a game in the top four teams in the comp? Probably not. They haven't addressed the ruck issue. Reece Stanley is 33 in December. Yep, they love Toby Conway, but he's played one game, so who knows? Jeremy Cameron's 31 at the start of next year and has had his body issues. Guthrie's also 31. He played six games this year. Buse, Collajasny, and Duncan. There's some of your defenders. Not sure whether they can hold up. And who is the next potential star at the Cats? DeConing, yes. I think he is a potential star if he's not there already. But is Holmes going to be an A-grade midfielder? Is Bruin? Is Henry going to be an A-grader? Is Jai Clark going to be an A-grader? So have the Cats got distracted? Are they so offended that Radigalia is leaving that they're spending their time haggling over, let's say, three or four draft picks is, is what they're haggling over at the moment, uh, when they should be focusing on on what they're going to do with the list, the ageing list. So Geelong fans, are, you know, once again, I'll say it, I've written you off before. Um, I'm not quite writing you off yet because I still think if you have a full complement and you'll have a game plan and I've got so much belief in, in Chris Scott, he's the best coach in the league, there's no doubt about that, and Geelong are the, are the one of the best or most well-run clubs in the league. So if you're all fit, great. But if you're not, if Dangerfield does a hammy, if Blixarth does a hammy, if you get another injury to De Koning, if Stewart goes down, you're in all sorts with the depth that you've lost. So pick eight, you've got... Uh, and pick 86. Cats fans, 1-300-736-736. That's the number. How concerned are you about the lack of action? And have you become the new Essendon in the trade period? Essendon were always and probably still are the most difficult club to deal with through the trade period. I, I did note how much Geelong dug in last year and not wanting to give fair value to Collingwood for Ollie Henry and they're haggling over that. Well, now the shoe's on the other foot and they're being incredibly difficult over this deal with Asav Radigalia, which appears as though it's going to go down uh, to the wire. You can have your say on that. And the other thought I've got is just thinking back to when Josh Dunkley wanted to leave the Bulldogs and he wanted to join Essendon and Essendon had pick seven and a future second round pick on the table. Should have traded him. There's absolutely no doubt that in that moment, Josh Dunkley was never, ever going to be worth more. So he was at the peak of his value right then when Essendon wanted to get him and he was contracted and the Bulldogs said, nah, 
okay, well, so a year later you trade him and you get pick 17 or 24 when you could have got pick seven. Pick seven for, for the Western Bulldogs. The same applies to Harrison Petty right now. Right now, Harrison Petty will never be worth more. So he he's at the peak of his value. Two years' time, he's a free agent. You, you, you'll lose him for the lap of the AFL compensation gods. And next year, who knows? I don't even know how good he is. Is he that good a footballer, Harrison Petty? He's certainly got some durability issues and... Don't think he's ever played more than 20 games in one season. Is he a forward? Is he a back? I'm not sure. He's played some good footy, but also seen some games where he's been uncompetitive. Should have traded him. Melbourne should have traded Harrison Petty. And now the Dees fans would say, well, hang on. He's an important piece of a, a team that is ready to go and to win a premiership. But Melbourne, I think you'll look back on with regret and say, at that moment, two first-round draft picks or whatever you could have got from Adelaide who are so desperate to get him, could you have got pick 10 and a really important player from Adelaide? I don't know, a peddler or, or someone like that, that they may have been able to get out of Adelaide. Or Phil Thorpe, I mentioned yesterday, is the ideal player that Melbourne could have got. Should have traded him. one 736 736 Damien Barrett has just tweeted, is this, is this, it's not April Fool, it's Friday the 13th of October. It's not April Fool's Day. Jack Gunston wants to return to Hawthorne. The Lions are aware and respectful of his desire to seek a return to Victoria. That's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable story. one 736 736 Damo with some breaking news. Damo winding back the clock and absolutely dropping a bombshell throughout the trade period. I love it. Um, what do you reckon? Why would Hawthorne want him? That would be my instant. My instant reaction would be, why would Hawthorne want Jack Gunston? I mean, they went, they were so... Keen to rebuild the list and trade out the experienced players. He was the one they wanted to keep. But right now, off the back of the year that he's had, why would Hawthorne want Jack Gunston? They're right into Marby Old Chole, who plays the, the similar role, I guess, as the second or third forward. So, Hawthorne fans, if you're just joining us this morning, Damien Barrett has tweeted, Jack Gunston wants to return to Hawthorne. The Lions are aware and respectful of his desire to seek a return to Victoria. Well, the Lions would say, see you later, like, Thanks for coming for a year. Didn't quite work out. We're more than happy to, to let you go. You're not going to hurt us in terms of the role that you play at Brisbane. It was worth a crack. They'd be happy. But my instant reaction is, why would Hawthorne want Jack Gunston? They've, they've moved on, I would have thought.